Okay, hello, Megan. Hello! How's it going? It's going good. I'm excited about this new sound setup we've got. Yeah, it sounds a lot better, I think. Yeah. We, we are learning, we're getting better. Well, we were recording at the Brooklyn Public Library for a number of episodes, which uh, for a library is very loud. Mm-hmm. The whole, the whole situation was very loud. I agree. I find the public library to be very loud, like, no matter what uh, location you're at. Yeah. I mean, they have a recording studio there, which is why we started recording there, because they have all the equipment, and they have a computer, and they have, like, a quote-unquote soundproof room, which is not really soundproof. So, uh, thanks for sticking with us. We got our own microphone. We're now recording at home, so the background noise is just from our neighbors and their loud TV. And Nigel. Yeah, and Nigel, our dog. We are a little bit, uh bummed out. We saw this great looking wedding online and we are not going to be able to do any of the elements of it and we like all of it. Yeah, everything about it was like, oh yeah, flower crowns. I love them. Oh, her dress. It's so great. They had it at a vineyard with a huge uh, villa behind. The dance floor was outside. They had the string twinkle lights. They served pizza. It looked great. Yeah. I mean, literally everything about it, if we had unlimited funds, that would have been our wedding. Like, it it makes me a little sad. And some of it is like, oh, I'll, I'll uh, use it as an inspiration and try to take from it. But a lot of the stuff that we, like, basically we picked our venue. Mm-hmm. And so all the things that we're locked into from that are the things that look a lot better in this wedding we found online. Yeah. This, like, Southern California, like, castle slash vineyard. Anyways, so what are we talking about today? So today on the We Do podcast, we have budgets for you guys. Money. It's so exciting. Not really. <laughs> it's very uh, emotionally fraught, I find. this. Yes, is, very charged. This is the hardest part about starting to plan a wedding. Mm-hmm. I don't know about finishing planning a wedding because we haven't gotten there yet. So this has been the hardest part for us, at least. Right. Uh, So the traditional way that people think about budgets is, uh, I guess, that the wife's family would pay for a lot of the wedding. And there are these specific things where, like, the groom's family pays for the rehearsal dinner and the wife's family pays for the reception at the actual wedding and... All the like different delineations that are very specific, uh, which I think is not so much the case these days. We're certainly not doing that. No. I think it still occurs. I certainly have friends who their, their parents are paying for the wedding in very traditional ways, um, but there's a lot more conversation around it and there's a lot less expectation that that's what is going to happen. I know I certainly did not expect my parents to pay for our wedding at all. I knew, I knew since the age of 12, (laughs) my dad has three daughters. He was not going to pay for the full wedding for each of us. And the, the idea is really to just look at those as a like starting point. Like this is why certain things are, it's expected for the groom's family or the bride's family to pay. And so like, that's where uh, emotions can come from, or that's where, uh, people who want to be polite and they're like, what am I supposed to pay for? Uh, 
like how does this how is this supposed to work and there isn't really like a way that it's supposed to work yeah it's just the way that they have been taught that things have worked in the past which may or may not have been the case i mean the bride's family would often pay for their reception because they were really excited to get rid of a daughter because they no longer had to support her and she was moving in with the groom's family like way back when that's why we had dowries so they would pay for the wedding because they were like oh thank god (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm not really sure where the rehearsal dinner and the groom's family came from, but, uh, but yeah, that's not the way that we're rolling. And it's not, certainly not the way that everyone should feel obligated to split up the budget for sure. And when you get into specific things, if you as a couple are, uh, paying for specific things or you're getting support from people, uh, it can influence how you decide to spend that money and how like if you have certain money coming in for the reception does that person get to decide what the reception looks like and how uh like do they hire the dj do do they like choose everything about yeah i think it's really important when you get engaged and you decide you're gonna have a wedding to figure out who are the potential stakeholders Right? Monetarily or not. Like, you have parents, do you have step parents, do you have grandparents, uh, the two of you, obviously. Who's going to be involved both monetarily and with an opinion? And then figure out where they all stand. Like, we knew how much money we had, and if no one could contribute a dime, we knew we would have enough to have a very simple wedding reception, very, like, low-key, um... But then we went to both sets of our uh, parents and said, listen, you know, this is, we want to get married. If you would like to contribute, let us know how much. And, you know, if you want to contribute, do you want to contribute a specific amount that's just used generally? Or do you want to buy specific items on the budget? You know, do you want to pay for the cake? Is the cake really important to you? Do you want to pay for catering or an open bar? So it's important to figure out where people want to contribute, if it's an item or if it's just generally to the overall budget, and if that money comes with any strings. The strings, I think, are really important to get out of the way in that initial conversation to find out, do they think this money is going to be spent for a specific thing? Do they uh, have expectations unspoken that you don't know about like do they think they're going to get to invite a group of people to the wedding that maybe you don't know which sounds crazy to me i i think it's kind of normal i know a lot of uh, parents are paying for uh, you know majority of it or all of it or whatever and they get a certain number of seats where they just invite whoever yeah like business colleagues or just like people that the couple doesn't know which like is apparently okay but like to me, sounds crazy. Like, I would not want people that I do not know at my own wedding. Yeah, we're just not in the uh, context where we have that happen. I think a lot of people have, uh, if you're in, you know, if you're in, like, high business, then you do that a lot. And uh, our, so Megan and my dentist, we have the same dentist, and I told him that we were engaged, and he told me about getting invited to clients' weddings. That's crazy. Like, they invited so many people that their dentist was one of the guests. 
I guess like if we had like a 300 person wedding, I could see inviting people that I don't know that my parents know, but we have 125 people. Like mm-hmm. there's no way. But I that's one thing that your parents might have expectations about that you might not even think that is an option. So it's important when you have those discussions to say, are there any expectations for how this is going to roll? Like, do you expect a sit-down dinner? Because if the you if the couple is thinking about having maybe a cocktail reception or something a little bit less um, formal, that may really upset one of the stakeholders. And they'll say, no, you know, I'm giving you X amount of money and that should be put towards this thing. And so you need to understand where their expectations lie before you can really divvy up the money into different buckets for the venue and the photography and the food and whatnot. Right. And it's not just this is for uh, I'm giving you money. This is for food. It's is this going to be a plated sit down dinner with waiters and all that stuff? Is it going to be a buffet? Is it going to be past hors d'oeuvres? Like if there's something you want to really get into it, if there's like you're getting receiving money for specific uh, aspects of the wedding, uh, do these people have the like really specific ideas of what it should look like? Yeah. And it's hard, especially in the beginning when you're, you don't even know what the vision of your wedding might look like. And you don't know necessarily what compromises you're going to make. But having sort of a general conversation with those people to say, you know, we definitely are uh, prioritizing. Stop barking, Nigel. Maybe the mailman's here. He gets mad about that. (laughs) We definitely are prioritizing the photography or we're definitely prioritizing the dress, but the dress may not be white. Like, is that uh, something that you're going to be really upset about? And it doesn't mean that you can't do the thing that you want, but it means that you need to kind of negotiate that stuff. Here's a really good example. So Luke and I don't really give a shit about paper invitations. Um, Like, it's just not something that's really important to us. And we're online all the time, and email invitations would be perfectly fine with us. And my parents were really uh, upset about it. And they were like, oh, just use part of the money that we're giving you for that. And we're like, no, 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 no. That has already been allocated towards the other stuff. Like, if you... If you really wanted paper invitations, you should have, should have said something when we had this really long conversation. And if you want to give us an f- extra few hundred dollars to do paper invitations, that's fine. Otherwise, like, we've allocated very little money for this category. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just not something that is that important. Like, we'll end up doing... We'll probably end up doing something with paper invitations, but it's the amount that we decided to set up for it reflects that uh, I don't think it's that important and I don't want to spend the time and the energy involved in making it, designing it, deciding all the like colors and typefaces and everything that yeah, goes into paperweights it. Paperweights. Yeah. And stuffing the envelopes and buying the stamps and addressing everything. It just These seems... are not important things to me. I agree. So we'll, we'll figure it out, but that's the kind of th- situation that you may run into where, you know, you don't think this is important, but they may reallocate the money that they've already given you. So sometimes it's better, I think, to give them, if you have a family or a family member who's providing money and giving them a specific item, 
especially if you don't care a lot about it. If they're like, yeah, I really want to buy you your cake. And you're like, great. As long as it's chocolate, I don't care what it looks like. And then they can, like, pay for this thing that you knew that you wanted, but you don't really have a huge investment in. And that's how some people, uh, you're giving an opportunity for them to, like, show their love for you. Yeah, and their involvement. Yeah, they are owning it. They plan the whole thing. It's like, you're saying, I just want it to be chocolate. Whatever else is fine. Then they get to, like, pour themselves into this thing that they're giving you. Yeah. And that's, that's nice. Yeah. So it's different for everyone. Um, but I think the, the conversation with the stakeholders has to be done in tandem with the conversation between you and your, uh, partner about what your priorities are for the wedding. You're saying stakeholders a lot. Okay. Well, like we're both in, uh, we both work in it and that's like the, the word. Yeah. yeah, we both do project management, so there's a lot of discussion with stakeholders before you uh, sign a project charter. And there there are certain things you can take from it where you can, it, there are tools that you can use to sort of take a step back in terms of like in project management, the three uh, things you have to worry about are the budget, the time frame, and the scope of work, like what's actually going to get done. Yeah. So these are the three things like a wedding is an enormous project. Yeah. And so if you have a certain amount of money and you know when it's going to be, then the only thing that can change is the scope, like what it ends up looking like. And if there are uh, demands on the scope, like it has to be, outside it has to be in a tent it has to be a sit-down dinner it has to be in uh like a country club or this certain church or whatever then you kind of have to have the conversations of if those are the things that have to be fixed then either the time or the money has to change yeah and it's not like or they're the only things delivered Right, like it doesn't have to be uh, like a fight <laughs> necessarily yeah. if you uh, are getting signals about stuff that like is not important to you, but people are trying to change around the idea of your wedding. You can say like, these, this, this is my current plan. If you want to add these things, uh, I don't have a problem with it, but this is the consequence. This is what changes. If there is uh, a certain thing, we have to get married in like your grandparents' church, then uh, the time frame changes, which means everything we planned, uh, I can change if this is really important to you, but then we have to delay the wedding. And if that doesn't bother you, it kind of bothers me. So here's like where we need to talk about it. Yeah. That kind of thing. Instead of like, no, I'm not going to change it. Yeah. You're in poopy. Okay, <laughs> you're in poopy? You're a poopy. <laughs> you're a poop head. That's how you guys argue, right? Yeah. You're a poop head? Yeah. Right. Okay. So yeah, I think that's a really good summation of how you need to recognize that like this is your day for your partnership and it's about you, but it's also not about you. Because if marriage was just about the two of you, then everyone would elope. 
it, it, the point of doing it with your friends and family is that they want to be part of the community that solidifies this. And they actually have like a really big uh, investment in the day. And so you don't necessarily have to make all choices that would make them happy. But if you and your partner really like sushi and no one else attending the wedding likes sushi, maybe don't cater it with just sushi. You know, like it, it it's about the needs and wants of your community as okay. well as just the two of you. Yeah, if nobody loves sushi and just the two of you do, and that's a big part of your life but not your family and your friends, then get a little sushi thing just for you and cater it how everybody else would like. Yeah, so just some of those things. But in terms of getting on the same page with priorities, I think it's really important to understand where both you and your partner are coming from and how you're approaching what you envision your wedding to be like before you have that conversation with your families. Yeah, we're able to be a little bit flexible in terms of like when I'm throwing out these hypotheticals about what can change and what can't change because neither of us have things that are necessarily set of like since I was five my wedding has to be like in Maui on horseback or whatever you know you know yeah. what I mean so what we what we ended up doing was talking through like fantasy weddings that we were like if we had unlimited funds and uh magical powers this is what our wedding would look like and we both shot out like three or four options so it wasn't like, this is the one wedding I must have. It was like, wouldn't it be great? And then what we did after we discussed those fantasies was figure out what those things have in common and kind of distill those down to what our priorities were. So here is one of mine. A lot of what we pulled out ended up getting reflected in this wedding that we saw on Facebook. Oh my God. I know. It was so sad. Maybe so, we can put a link to it, like, in the notes or something. Yeah, let's put a link to it. Uh, so one of mine was getting married at the Prospect Park Boathouse, which we live very, not very close by, but close enough in Brooklyn. Um, and it's beautiful. And it's an outdoor venue. And we would roll up in a boat together. Uh, and, like, the vibe, the visual vibe would be about, like, sea glass and driftwood. There would be some, like, pastel greens in there. Uh, we'd have Manny and Gilbert, which is this amazing like jazz band. Uh, They're so good. They play at the jazz festival here in Brooklyn. And then at the end of the night, or we would have a, a wish ra- wish lantern release. You know those things you like light up? They're like made of tissue paper and they float into the sky mm-hmm. at the end of the night. And then we would go to the Bell House, which is also nearby. It's like a, a dance hall. Uh, and we would have a 90s dance party as our after party. Um, and so what I got out of that was, uh, I really wanted good pictures. Like I could just imagine how great those pictures would be. I wanted to be outdoors in nature. Uh, and I liked that it was like near home. So it felt like a comfortable community sort of aspect. Mm -hmm. You want to pick one of yours? Uh, so mine is, uh, so a castle in Provence, like a destination. Uh, the picture in my head was like the, this, uh, like the sun-drenched, bright, uh, like old walls with the big fields of lavender in the background. Um, it would be this big, 
week-long thing where we were there at the beginning and the wedding would be at the end and over the days like people would start showing up so like more and more people would be there as time went on and then it would like culminate in the big party uh and the the quote that i that we have written here is french great gatsby hmm? I don't really remember what that is, except for, like, general vibe. Yeah. Yeah, we said we would do the reception in the castle courtyard. So this, that one, w- this one sounds a lot like that, that wedding. Yeah. So that one, we liked that it was, like, large scale, but it was relaxing. It was outdoors. It was very community-oriented. Kind of felt like a vacation. So those, those sort of exercises helped us to figure out that we really wanted to have at least a ceremony outdoors. And we wanted uh, to be in nature. These sorts of things where we kind of coalesced on a single idea, but weren't too specific about it. So we didn't limit ourselves to like, I need uh, an old bell jar factory. Mm -hmm. We need to get married in an old bell jar factory. Uh, I need to be wearing a... A A dress made of bell jars. Yeah, obviously. There needs to be burlap everywhere. Um, Like those things are, are visual they're not necessarily the vibe. Mm-hmm. They're not how you want people to feel or you want to feel on the day. They're how you want things to look, which is not helpful. So once you figure out what those priorities are for you, so clearly the venue is a priority because we both talked about location so much, um, and we knew that photography was a priority, then you can kind of let go of all that other bullshit that you don't care about. Yeah, it's really easy to go down the rabbit hole on some of the stuff. And then like two months later, when you're out of your mind, you realize that you don't care at all. And any choice made, it would be fine with you because it really doesn't matter it, what, what color your napkin is. Yeah. Like neither of us are really into fashion. So we just don't really care a lot about what we're wearing or the bridesmaids or the groomsmen and, well, obviously we'll be wearing something. We're not going to do it nude, but mm-hmm. it's not something that we're like putting a lot of money towards. I'd much rather use that towards having an, an amazing venue. If anyone's done a nude wedding or you know somebody, don't don't Google nude wedding though. No, but if you did a nude wedding, please send us pictures, <laughs> hopefully uh, blurred out. I don't need to see your junk. <laughs> Maybe that'll be a show like Naked and Afraid. <laughs> Naked and, um, and Married. Yeah. That's funny. So uh, I had an idea to uh, think about a couple different like price buckets and talk about what do you think would be uh, like a nice wedding or a good wedding or something that you and I personally would... Would do? Yeah, for that amount of money. Great. So uh, if you had like... uh, so the unlimited amount of money, we kind of, like, discussed that. Yeah. Where the, these uh, different fantasy ideas. So if we had uh, a small, smaller amount of money, uh, which for weddings, I guess, is... What we're like spending? Like, 15. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, no. 15 is probably small. It's hard also because we're in New York City, so, like, we're, we're in, like, a very high-cost location. So everything that seems like a budget here is, like, extravagant if you live in the middle of the country. So let's do it this way. So uh, our budget, what are we doing? We're 
going to a uh, like an arts conference center. Mm-hmm. So the reception is there. It's uh, on a hill overlooking a lake. So we have like uh, a big nature aspect. It's 125 people. We have. Um, We're self DJing. No band. Right. What else about it? Um, we're doing very little flowers because it's so beautiful. The location is so nice. Um, we're having a buffet and it's like sort of the, the lower end of the options, um, cause right. they're expensive mm-hmm. and we're doing a wine and beer bar. So if we had half of the budget that we have now, what would we be doing? I feel like we would... I feel like we would do something like on in a like public park, mm-hmm. um, and like have a have a ceremony in like a public park, and then have like sort of a picnicy reception. And Maybe are... not in the park, but like somewhere outside. I think summer camp weddings are probably too expensive for this budget that we're talking about. Um, I would find some place that's like a campground and like rent the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just like a a regular like. Uh, Yogi Bear campground in like Cape Cod or like southern southwestern Massachusetts and just rent the whole thing for like two days and then have everyone like bring their own tents and like figure out their own situation if they want to sleep in their car or they don't want to stay there and they want to stay at the Motel 6 nearby like good for them and just make it like super low-key and relaxed. <laughs> That's really tough to me. Why? You wouldn't like, want to do it? Accommodations-wise, like, how people, like, having people, like, camp out at oh. the place. Yeah. I mean, we we could probably find a place that has, like, cabins. But, like, that's also up to them, I guess, if there's a... Yeah. If there's an option nearby where you can, like, pay and go to a hotel and stay yeah. there. Like, so, that's, that's how normal weddings work. And, yeah. But then I would do that, and it would be, like, we would be able to self-cater. That would save a lot of money. We'd be able to buy our own booze. Mm-hmm. And it would just be, like, a huge barbecue. And that's one of those, like, when you talk about the triangle of if your budget is fixed at this, like, sort of lower number, uh, something has to give. give. So uh, in this case, I would, I like, personally, I would pick time. Like, we're going to we'll push, push it, it out, out if we have to, the date of the wedding, to be able to find something creative that fits that budget. So... For this, I would think of trying to rent someplace like this summer camp idea that that where they don't nor they've like maybe never done a wedding. Yeah, and that's where you can find people who are excited about it and they are uh, sort of interested in helping you and working it out, and they're like flattered that you would seek them out and think of them this because it's not. Yeah. Sort of their normal business, but you saw something in it, you know? Yeah. So, like, looking at... I'm thinking, sorry to interrupt, but I'm thinking about the summer camp that I went to as a little girl. Uh, yeah, yeah. Camp Bonnie Bray. Sure. In in Western Massachusetts, Camp Bonnie Bray would be a great place to have a wedding. I don't know anything about how it looks or et cetera, but that's a great example of, like, you have a story where if you talk to them about it, they would probably be really interested in trying to figure it out with us yeah and then it would it would fit us in a way that maybe a different venue didn't fit us Mm -hmm. so i would be like trying to find places like that uh renting out theaters should we go one level lower than that 
What would you do if you didn't have any money? If it was like you had to do it free? I would probably do a backyard wedding potluck. And mm-hmm. I would see which one of my family members has the biggest backyard and then convince them to do it for me. Right. But backyard weddings still are expensive. Like, there's no way to do it without any money. Well, if it was, uh, like, free-free, meaning that you don't spend any money, that's, like, pretty, I guess, like, restrictive and unrealistic because if you uh, go out to dinner, like, just the two of you, that's not $0. Yeah. Right? I think I would do, like, some sort of backyard wedding. The, I mean, the other thing, one of the non-negotiables we didn't talk about was because we're so into being outdoors and being in nature and that's important to us, we really wanted to get married during wedding season, like spring to fall. Mm. And you can save so much money if that's not one of your non-negotiables <laughs> by just doing it off-season or doing it midweek. But both of us are just not, I'm willing to pay for like peak season and weekend. Right. It certainly helps if you want to get married or if you're okay with getting married on like a Tuesday afternoon in January. Yeah. And some people are. It's just our families are are far flung and it would just be so inconvenient to everyone. And I want to party. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to go to work the next day. I don't want them to have to go to work the next day. Cool. Yeah. Budgets. We figured it out. Yeah, I mean, there's so much more to talk about. If you have tips you want to share, if you have uh, stories or uh, ideas of good ways to have these kind of like budget conversations, let us know. Drop us a note. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, You can email us at wedopodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or TuneIn or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're probably there. Yeah. And please leave us a review and a rating so that other people can find us or you can uh, suggest us to your friends. Because we love you and I hope you love us. Is that too needy? No, I liked it. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Goodbye. I love you. Bye.